Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. It's the college podcast here on a Monday. Of course, you can download us on iTunes. You probably already have if you're listening, or at BaseballAmerica.com. You can follow us at Twitter. Uh, Baseball America is uh, we're, we're, we're like everybody else. We're sheep. We're following the Twitter uh, fad. Much it's, to my chagrin. It's Twitter.com backslash Baseball America. Well, I, I would say the same thing, but we have more than 1,000 followers now on Twitter, and that's just awesome. Getting the word out is, uh, is a good thing. This is true. And, uh, and later on in the podcast, we're also going to be able to tell you a little bit about the Baseball America Bracket Challenge, but we'll get to that later. So uh, we're just going to – but we are going to just jump right in, Aaron. It's the last uh, Monday podcast of the regular season. It is remarkable to me with a chill in the air, with both of us wearing long sleeves today here in North Kakalak, uh, where it's a little chilly today, at least uh, seasonably chilly. But the ACC tournament coming to Durham this weekend. We've got conference tournaments around the country, only three or four leagues that don't have conference tournaments. So uh, we have teams that have already secured – Bids to the NCAA tournament, so we're, we're we are in the stretch run now of college baseball. It's really uh, if you don't think that, then you're you're late to the party. There are a lot of teams out there whose seasons are already over. Yeah. So and, and some of them are good teams like San Diego, who I think their season is over. But uh, with the regular season coming to a close, we have a lot of clarity, a lot to talk about about this week's top 25 rankings, Aaron. And the the first thing we decided to talk about today's podcast that really jumped out to us is Rice, the Rice Owls, who've been really in our top five basically the entire season. Mm-hmm. And Rice loses its first series of the year in Conference USA play at UAB. Their first—I know they lost another conference. Their first conference series loss. Um, pretty positive about that one. Okay. They go and they lose that at UAB, and by losing that series, they don't win the conference regular season. The first time they've not won the regular season in conference since 1996, back when they were in the Southwest Conference the last year of the old Southwest Conference, and that year they won the conference tournament. So Rice trying to keep a streak alive of regular season or conference tournament that goes back to 96. But the regular season streak, and they did tie in the whack in 2000 with San Jose State. Uh, I researched all this with the help of John Sullivan at, at Rice this uh, this weekend. But Rice, has not, that's the first time they haven't finished in a tie or in first place in their regular season of their league since 97. And we've said all year, Aaron, this is not your – father's rice team or even your older brother's rice team it's not a pitching heavy team they've overcome a lot of adversity with injuries but i'm still shocked to see rice at 16 and 8 and not winning that league aren't you yeah. shocked they didn't oh, win that league absolutely especially considering how bad the league is this year it's it is a down year for conference usa i mean there's there's that's undeniable i think um and yeah for rice to be 16 and 8 they've won most of their weekends but they've won two out of three most of their weekends when usually they sweep marshall and uab and central florida and memphis and they haven't done that this year um and yeah a lot of it's because they've been banged up on the mound um but you know the the fact is that they're not at this point they're not a top 5 team right um and and you know when when we stack them up with with TCU for instance TCU plays in what I think is a better league this year, the Mountain West, than, than Conference USA. Uh, and TCU won that league handily. And Rice finished second in its league. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, Rice, to me, I still think that they're dangerous because I really love their offense. I love their defense, uh, their athleticism. And they do have some, some, some good arms, but they don't have a lot of good arms. The depth isn't there. Yeah, that's the difference for me. And, and you know, jo- you know, Jordan Rodgers has carried a, a significant burden for them this year the back of the bullpen uh and he he took a loss this weekend and and i worry a little bit about how he'll hold up um certainly you know ryan barry's pitched well the last couple of weeks but um you know how is he going to hold up with his health mike ogela is is pitching on on um 
A bum knee, right? Uh, well, it's elbow. Oh, elbow. That's right. He's going to have surgery when the season's over. Right. That's most likely. <laughs> that's not good. So, I mean, I, I'm a little worried about their their chances to make a deep run. Now, their RPI is 11, Aaron, right now. We have them ranked uh, 11th, which is coincidental, actually. Yes. <laughs> I just looked at that. Um, do you think Rice has a shot at a top eight national seed if they win the Conference USA tournament down in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss? Are they going to be a top eight national seed? I have a feeling they will be if they win that conference. Yeah, tournament. that's what they need to do. I think, and they need to win the conference tournament at this point. I thought they were they were in they were in the driver's seat to get a national seed until this weekend. I think what happens now is if they don't win the conference USA tournament, you're looking at Rice going on the road in a super regional, probably at someone like Texas, perhaps Oklahoma, yeah, some Big Twelve team, or <laughs> perhaps the TCU. West. Oh, perhaps TCU. Uh, I don't. I don't think TCU gets a national seed. I, I do think they've they've got a really good chance to host right now. Their RPI is ridiculous. Oh, sure, I don't understand absolutely how their RPI is. is eight, except for the fact they went to Fullerton and won two out of three. That's the biggest reason. I, th- I do think the other thing that you they, pointed they, out, they, they went to Ole Miss too, and, and I think they won a game there in that crazy they did, game. Did that like nineteen to fifteen? That win crazy like game. That. I mean, they you know TCU's had a really good year, and and it has. Uh, they deserve to host, and now I think that they will host partly because Kansas State blew its chance. Backing up. I mean, they had. I thought Kansas State had a better chance to host, and and now lost two straight weekends. I uh, agree completely. You know, and, and Texas A and M, of course, is way out of the mix to host. It's not over for team for, for for Kansas State if Kansas State has a good Big Twelve tournament. I think Kansas State. I think if there's a benefit of the doubt, I think a benefit of the doubt will be given to a new team like Kansas State, a new regional host potential. If they earn it, they just have to give the committee a reason. And finishing fourth in the Big 12, to me, is not enough of a reason. Yeah. Losing your last two regular season series is not a good Against enough teams reason. that they – I mean, Texas Tech, they should have won that series. Texas Tech is, is solid, but they should have won that series. It's and, a below and, 500 team. Texas Tech has arms, and they're going to be better. I think we both believe in Dan Spencer, but that's yeah. a series you've got to win at home. Yep. And, and Kansas, you know, Kansas is a good club. They've beaten a lot of good teams this year. Uh, but, again, you can't lose both those series if you're going to host a regional. I think I agree. It's the Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. We're talking college baseball. I think it's our favorite podcast of the of the week and the year. And the we we love college baseball. I think Kansas did secure its Kansas is in Aaron. now. I there mean, forty three RPI. I understand that, but I think they're in thirteen and eleven against the top twenty five. Now that's sick. Series wins against Texas. Uh, I think uh, Oklahoma. They they won a series right. against those guys. Right. Now they've beaten Kansas State. I Sunflower mean, State. They they, they, they stole a win out at Arizona a State. Rather, I mean, they 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 really they've got a, a very strong resume. Um, and the RPI is in solid bubble range now. I mean, when it was in the sixties and seventies, you worry, but now right. that it's forty three, I feel much better about their chances. I don't mean to pile on uh, when we talk about the Big Twelve, but I want to give congratulations to Nebraska for sweeping Baylor this weekend and yeah. salvaging a little piece of that season. It's been a disastrous season for the Cornhuskers. And I just don't know what to say about the Baylor Bears. I don't I don't think they know what to say. I saw on a message board, which is where you see the worst of fandom, basically. No other way to put it. But on a message board about people talking about Baylor coaching staff needing to get fired for this, which, you know, Baylor had no baseball program, basically. Very little baseball history. They had some. They'd been to Omaha before. But very little baseball history before uh, and success before Steve Smith and who and Mitch Thompson got there. But man, if anything is going to make you rethink the way you recruit and all that kind of thing, I would think it'd be this recruiting class at Baylor. I'm not trying to pile on these juniors, but this class came in with so much hype, and they are going out with as big of a whimper as you possibly can. I mean, just 
you talk, this is what the phrase "going out like a sucker" was invented for. That's yeah. Baylor baseball. They're, they're baseball. going out. They're going out like a sucker worse than the defending champs, the Boston Celtics, last night. Uh, wow. and, and that's saying. Well, I'll tell you who's going out better is the, the defending champs of college baseball. How about Fresno having to win the series at Sacramento State? They don't just win it; they sweep it. And so Fresno makes the WAC tournament, so they still have life. They do have so life. So you want to talk about defending champions with a little honor. Oh, <laughs> I tried to bang on the Celtics there. Hey, the Celtics played great. Uh, I really don't hey, give a damn. Hey, Paul Pierce, same. why don't you show up next time? <laughs> I think Paul Pierce has got a little, a little more mileage on him than Alan Amati and right. the rest of the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs. But I'll give kudos to Fresno State for taking care of business this weekend. And Baylor, uh, to continue the little old school, gets the gas face. For going and getting swept by Nebraska. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little, a- 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 Aaron, on the Big 12, how many bids does this, does this league get? Six? Six. Texas, Oklahoma, I think it's locked Mizzou, into six. K-State, Kansas A&M, I think as well. Any chance that A&M misses the field? I don't think so. I They're think at 17 in the RPI. I don't think so either. It. But Disappointing season for A&M. No I mean, question. Hey, we ranked them one in the preseason, but you can look at the other rank- other rankings. Every Everybody had these guys in their top ten. Yep. Everybody. Uh, we, we went with them at number one, obviously, and uh, they're not looking good as a preseason number one. But every college baseball ranking missed on these guys. Everyone had them in their top ten. The lowest one I saw was nine. And A&M is 34 and 21. They're barely five, over 500. I, th- I think I have a little corollary to my senior theory here, Aaron. I-, I think the seniors coming back only really matter when they come back in a in a key spot, like a catcher, a shortstop, a pitching, that kind of thing. You get corner guys, first baseman and outfielders, that kind of thing, come back. Well, I mean, Kyle Colligan's their starting center fielder. Well, center fielder. He- he's had a bad year. Luke Anders has had a bad year. Those guys, I mean, and guess what? Blake Stoffer had a rotten senior year. Yeah, absolutely. There's, if I'm an A&M junior, I know Rob Childers and his crew's not going to want to hear this, but if I'm, if I'm a scout and I, saw, and I draft an A&M junior, I'm going to point out to him the crappy senior seasons the last couple of years guys at A&M have had. I would not go back from my senior year at A&M. Kyle Thibault hasn't they, had a good year either. And there's another one. Until they prove to me that <laughs> they can have good senior seasons there and improve themselves. Hey, it's happened at Rice. It's happened some other schools. It's not happening at A&M, and that's a big reason why they haven't been as good this year as we thought they'd be. I, those guys have been the biggest reason. It's been their veterans, yeah, uh, not the other people. And you know, and they needed, like. and they needed Barrett Locks to be better. And, and you know, he's that's he's, he's he hasn't been 100 percent healthy. He hasn't been, yeah. but that's 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 been a, 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 another explanation. Um, Aaron, we've got uh, the ACC tournament here this weekend. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, a lot. Let's very quickly touch on the Atlantic Coast Conference because I think we're both a little surprised that Florida State ends up being the team that wins the regular season in the conference. They did have a couple games rained out, I believe, in their conference schedule. Isn't that right? There was a Virginia, they lost two games up there. That's right. Um, and they lost the first game of that series, and then they, the rest of those games were rained out. But you have to give kudos, I think, to Florida State for rallying. But this, this league is kind of just as wide open as we thought it would be yeah. at the beginning of the year as far as I think we still agree in our rankings reflect this, that North Carolina we think is the best team in this league. Its starting pitching is the best, has the best hitter. Its lineup could be deeper. I don't know if Jacob Stallings is necessarily the answer for their lineup, but, but North Carolina's lineup, they, they kind of are who we thought they were. After them, Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Miami, Virginia, you can almost throw those teams in a hat. Absolutely. But Florida State's clearly the, the, the hottest of that group. Um, what do you make of Florida State's chances or any of these other ACC teams' chances of being a top eight national seed and then hosting regionals? I think I think the hosts for me are, are clear at this point. There's going to be four hosts of the ACC. 
North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Georgia Tech. I think you're right. Uh, I can't, you know, at this point, I think Virginia lost its chance. Uh, the Virginia, you know, their, their non-conference schedule was so horrid. Yeah, you're right. And they don't have any quality, really any quality series wins. Their best series win is that one game against Florida State and then basically Duke. Duke. And yeah. the Duke series, I mean, hey, win's a win. Duke choked away the second game of that series. Yeah, which Duke might rue if they don't make the NCAA tournament. That, 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 right. They will definitely rue, but if they don't make the NCAA tournament. You know, v- Virginia certainly. I mean, y- <laughs> for them to lose that series against Virginia Tech this weekend, Virginia Tech has improved. They've beaten some teams this year. Yeah, they, they beat Clemson. Solid. I, it, it doesn't uh, don't they have the league's leading hitter as well? Uh, I think he was Demikas. Uh, Demikas, I believe, was leading the ACC in hitting coming into the weekend. Yeah. He was leading the ACC in hitting. So that for Virginia Tech's decent, but when you have hosting a regional. Uh, right there on the table, you win that weekend series. You're pretty much going to host a regional. Well, they would have been in the mix with Clemson. I still would have. I still would have taken Clemson. And I'm sure you would have. Well, I mean, I mean, Clemson just has <laughs> the, the better resume. Probably, right. The and committee probably would have too. But I mean, the the uh, this still I mean, Virginia's RPI is ridiculous. It's 12. I mean, it's too high. Makes no sense. This is another indictment of the RPI. The ACC teams, in my opinion, are all overrated. Except for Duke, RPI. which is which is mysteriously underrated, in my opinion. That is shocking. They're at 75, and that's uh, – I think you made a great point. Yes, Duke's non-conference schedule has some, some teams that look pretty bad on there, but they did beat Dartmouth, which is a NCAA tournament team, and they won the yeah. Ivy League yeah. somewhat convincingly, right? Yeah, um, they did. They Lafayette did not win yeah, the Patriot that's League. That's LaSalle, actually, not Lafayette. I was wrong about okay. that. Okay, okay. Well, then they, the thing is they have some brutal teams on there. They you have mess. LaSalle. They have Maryland Eastern Shore. They have Alabama A&M. They have North Carolina Central. I mean, their best non-conference win is probably Duke. I mean, uh, Elon. Uh, yeah. That's our best non-conference win. And, and they went one-on-one against Elon. Uh, it's very difficult to see Duke getting in with a 75 RPI. It's but, hard but, to get an R75 RPI right. when you're in the ACC, when everyone else in the ACC is overrated. Yeah. I do see your point, though. Yeah, if you stack them, them up if you stack them up with Boston College, and, and I think probably the ACC is going to get seven, uh, and maybe eight, but probably seven, if you second up with BC, hey, BC is 40 spots higher on the RPI jump. That's the only thing they've got going against Duke is the, this magical RPI number. Uh, Duke won the head-to-head series against BC. Duke won a series at North Carolina, and they won a series against Georgia Tech. Right. And and BC's best weekend, they're, they're hanging their whole entire resume on, on a series win at Florida State, and that's a good series win, but that's all they've got going for them. It's a great series win when you look at the resume. At that time, Florida State was really looking for an identity and yeah. didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And that series, again, to Florida State's credit, is a big reason. That seemed like that the series that catalyzed yeah. Florida State. They really got themselves in gear. They got that wake-up call, and... I think uh, if he's not ACC Coach of the, of the Year this year, Mike Martin should never be ACC Coach of the Year. As great a year as Jim Morris had at Miami, which I think Jim Morris did a fantastic job. Absolutely. Both those coaches uh, showed why they are legends in college baseball this year. They those both programs did tremendous don't, jobs. Those programs don't have down years, and, and I still don't think either of those teams, for me, is an Omaha-caliber team. Uh, but I think I agree with you. But you know what? They, they both absolutely have... have have overachieved with the talent that they've got, especially on the mound in Florida State's case. If they, they get there, if either one of those teams get there this year, I'll be mildly surprised, but there's no no way you call it a shock. Those two programs yeah. are who they are because of those head coaches, and they proved it again this year. Just tremendous. And, and if Florida State is at, is at home for regionals and supers, yeah. I mean, who, You're right. you know, anything can happen there. They're so good at home. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Southeastern Conference area here on the Baseball America podcast. Uh, we'll get to some questions at podcast at baseballamerica.com in just a minute. Um, 
the SEC crystallized a little bit more this weekend with some more surprises in that league. But the one team that really hasn't been a surprise is LSU. They've been the steadiest team wire-to-wire. Only one conference series loss was a shocker at home to Tennessee. But they started the year toward the top of the rankings. They end the year two. I believe they started two, and then they finished two yeah. uh, in the regular season, and they win uh, the SEC. But after them, I guess the biggest news this weekend is South Carolina sweeping Georgia. Georgia uh, falling apart, apparently just realizing it's a two thousand, it's an odd-numbered season, yep. and they're not supposed to be good this year. Um, is it pitching? Is that the problem with Georgia? And then I guess what's South Carolina figured out as the season's gone on? Well, you know, I think South Carolina is, is just – gotten a lot of confidence going right now and uh sam dyson pitched his best game of of, of his career uh against georgia he was outstanding thursday 13 strikeouts for sam dyson south carolina i think the key has been that they've kind of figured out their pitching now Uh, i think they're they're in much better shape on the mound than, than they were earlier this year i still don't love their arms after dyson but they're they're typical you know solid south carolina arms that are gonna compete uh, and mix they're gonna and, and they're going to battle and they're going to throw a lot of off speed at you, um, and their offense is p- so powerful that that's all they really need to do. I mean, these these guys hit a lot of home runs with 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 Nick Ebert and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Whit Merrifield's hit a lot of home runs this year. I mean, more than you'd expect. I, I always thought of him as more of a speed guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and he's got 11 home runs this year. Certainly, D'Angelo Max, a very good power hitter. I mean, very it's, improved player according to people you talk to draft wise on the SEC. Yeah. Is that D'Angelo Mack is one of the guys that. Uh, has really just improved the most, and he's been—you know—he's gone to the post all 56 games, uh, which is impressive. Um, Nick Ebert, you know, it's one more of those JC transfer yeah, him and Justin guys. Dallas, both find. those guys came in and just really filled holes for him. Yeah, and then uh, you know, like you said, on the uh, to me on the, the the weekend, their pitching has just been a lot better than I expected it would be. I mean, Cooper's been better of them for them of late, but since they lost that series at Florida, they've won every, their last three conference they series, have. which is impressive. Is South Carolina a regional host? I don't think they I think can. I think they they're are. I think they're very very strongly in the mix right okay. now. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, if you, I think you stack them up with Alabama, if you're looking at a fourth host from the SEC, uh, South Carolina's a little bit hotter right now, and and Alabama losing that weekend series to Auburn that might be a killer. For really them. hurt them. And those two teams play in the SEC tournament in the first game uh, for each one, so that could be yeah. a really key game. Yeah. Obviously, what these teams do in the tournament is going to matter uh, significantly. And, but and I will and I will add this: South Carolina put in a colossal bid, and they've got a brand new, huge stadium that they can pack. Yes, I mean the, Arkansas's loss is South Carolina's gain. If the SEC, if the NCAA yeah. tournament, if the NCAA committee is thinking, "Oh man, we lost Arkansas and that giant, the ten thousand people who show up there for every game that Arkansas plays and and that payday," yeah. they might get it. The other thing is Alabama is six thousand three hundred seats. Sure. It's a big stadium and too. The, the other thing to think about the other the wild card here, I think, is East Carolina. That's, if you're looking at a team, you. if you're looking at a team in the Carolinas to host, you're going to have UNC and Clemson. What's the third? Is it South Carolina or is it East Carolina? I guess I'm wondering about Clemson versus South Carolina. How is Clemson's uh, season so much better than South Carolina's? They basically uh, similar finishes in their league, 19-11 versus 17-13. and 13. Uh, But to me it's kind of a push Cle- to consider the SEC is stronger, and then top to bottom anyway. And then you have uh, they played four games head-to-head, and they split. Yes, they did. What's what's the difference? Clem- Clemson is, is in better shape in the RPI. It is. I'm not sure how. I think Clemson has better series wins than South Carolina has. South Carolina, this, you know, the thing is for South Carolina, like they scheduled Long Beach State this year. Usually I'd be like, wow, that's awesome. They played a West Coast team. Yeah. Long Beach State happened to have a bad year this year. Right. I mean, that's kind of killing their RPI almost in, in and of itself. 
I mean, the rest of the teams they played are the usual teams everybody else plays: yeah. Charleston and Davidson and Furman, and right. that's who you play. Citadel. You but know. I mean, South Carolina's best series win is at Ole Miss, which is a very good series win. But other than that, they mostly and, and Georgia's you know certainly a talented team. Yeah, super but, but a cold, ice cold team. Um, the rest cooler than being cool. Uh, yeah, ice cold. ice cold is right. The rest of their resume, I mean, they've beaten teams like Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Tennessee and these these middling to lower teams in the SEC East. I mean, I, I think South Carolina's. I think they're both going to host. I think South Carolina and Clemson will both host, but I, I do think Clemson has has the inside track. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Two two hosts in the state of South Cackalack and one in. So they so you're saying East Carolina might be the odd team out in that. That's scenario. what I think. That's what I think. And Alabama could be the and odd Alabama team out. as well. That would be tough. I wonder if Alabama gets sent. One of those teams that's an odd team out is going to get sent to like Florida State. <laughs> that's going to be very difficult right. uh, as a baseball American. Well, so somebody's going to have to host it. I mean, if, if Louisville, I think, is also going to host. I believe it's pronounced Louisville. I'm just being you, a jerk about you it. You do that every week to I me. I do. If Louisville hosts, John, <laughs> um, they. I mean, at this point, they might be playing themselves up to a number one seed. But they might be. But if not, then you could have a team like Alabama or. Uh, um, East Carolina. East Carolina as the number one seed over there. I think you're right, Louisville as a host. I, I mean, I think they've earned it for sure, and that's the host site that I think used to be Virginia's, but Virginia's played its way out. And Louisville, yeah. kudos to the Cardinals for sweeping South Florida this weekend, taking care of business in the Big East. Yeah. Aaron, that might make the Big East a one-bid league. I think so. I think the, I think South the, Florida is, does not have a very good RPI. I think they're in trouble. I agree. Um, Big Ten, real quick, since we're on the Big East. Big Ten, two bids, three bids, depending I, on the tournament. I thought they were they were in pretty good shape for three, but then Illinois kind of kind of blew a golden opportunity, losing a series to Purdue. Ohio State and Minnesota are safe. My prediction remains: Indiana will win the conference tournament, and it'll be a three bid league. Eric Arnett, Matt Bayshore, Blake Monar. That is as good of a weekend rotation in terms of talent as you're going to find. Uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line is the best one. Uh, that is, that's a good weekend rotation. The yeah. fact that I can name Indiana's weekend rotation, that's never happened before. How do right. I know all this? Right. But uh, it's amazing. Uh, Indiana has got some legitimate arms. They would be a really – if they won the tournament and got in as a four seed, yeah. they'd be an extremely dangerous four oh, seed. Because uh, they've also got a guy in Josh Fegley who can fight out hit. And Evan Crawford. I mean, they've got all kinds of players they can hit good pitch. They can hit good pitching. That's it, the key It's taken me. some time for them to gel, but they're there now, and I think they're dangerous. Let's stay with the big conferences, Big West. Can you believe Irvine is twenty and one? They're not playing in the Summit League, folks. They're playing in the Big West. Yeah, and they're twenty and one in the conference. It's simply amazing. Is this a three bid league, though? Yes. I don't think it's a four bid league. Irvine. I mean, uh, Riverside, Riverside is Santa Barbara. Riverside. Santa Barbara's done. They, okay. they lost that series Riverside this weekend. Riverside remains on the bubble, but I think it's the wrong side of the bubble. The conference record isn't great. The RPI isn't great. I mean. Give them give Riverside credit. I think the committee will will like the fact that they played a tough non conference schedule. Uh, they played some good tournaments, but um, if Long know, Beach State had not, do. Long Beach State was positioning itself to be the dark horse fourth team, but they've lost their last two weekend series. So, yeah. and then uh, one more big conference, the Big South. Aaron, yeah. is this a three bid league? Is there any chance that Liberty has to join Coastal? Which no. is one ten straight, and the Throp Winthrop. I, I think it's a one bid league. Honestly, you think it's a one bid league? I don't All think right. Winthrop gets in. I don't think Liberty gets in. Both those Ooh, teams. Well, I was for, I was wrong about about yeah, Winthrop. Yeah, both those uh, teams are are not in, in in position RPI wise. I'm not at Liberty to put Liberty in. Yeah, the Flames are at one hundred two. Right. In the, in the RPI, they're, they're both above hundred in the RPI. I sure do hope that things work out for Jim Toman. <laughs> That's a terrible Jim Toman <laughs> impersonation. That wasn't bad. 
kind of sound a little bit like my Tim Wilkin. They all they all kind of they run together a little bit. Holy cow! Do I like Jim Toman? Great guy, great coach, uh, doing a great job at Liberty, and I hope things work out for him. But uh, but we'll see. There are a lot of people we could say that about. Uh, College baseball is full of good eggs. Absolutely. A couple other leagues to check in on real quick, Aaron, before we get to the podcast. uh, How about the Pac-10? The Pac-10 was where that's where I was headed next. Uh, Arizona State. They're a one seed. They're a national seed. How high they go, we know they're going to host. Yada yada. Who else? I don't think you can specifically say anyone else has clinched. Is that correct? No, you're you're absolutely right, and it, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's, ridiculous. I don't care. Listen, I'm tired of hearing it from Pac-10 coaches about how the, how the league is isn't actually that bad. How all, there's bad. all these good teams. I'm tired of it. It's I hear bad. this from from multiple coaches how we should stop banging on the Pac-10. Yeah. It's a terrible year for this league. Probably the worst year ever for this league. I think you're right. I mean, it's I, a, think, I think it's the worst year. It's, it's downright history. it's downright embarrassing for this league to be this bad. Cal is going to have might have double digit guys drafted if someone pops Yasser Clore and, and some others like that. They're eight and sixteen in the league. Arizona's nine and fourteen in the league. I, I start to sound like Huey Brown here, and with all the same the league, right? Southern Cal, that is, you know, I don't know Chad Cruder. He's never returned my calls. I don't know the coaches there. Um, I my first year at Baseball America. Uh, was covering college baseball was 98 when USC won the national championship. I've always had a soft spot for the Trojans. Um, I, it's because of that. I saw them in the regional in 98. Saw them win it all in Omaha. Uh, I mean, I've always had a little soft spot for USC. It's sad to see where this program is right now. It just, it's just sad. I have nothing against UCLA or anything like that. I have no dog in that fight. But for me, USC is the program in college baseball. They're the flagship. They're right up there with Miami and Texas. To me, those are the three flagships. And to see USC where it is now is just it, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. It's like the years where the Celtics wandered in the NBA wilderness for the NBA. Or if the Lakers aren't good in the NBA. It's the yeah. same thing. I mean, it's, it is brutal. When you see the USC football is so good right now, so you know the university is just swimming in money. That, that USC baseball is this bad is embarrassing. And then down the road, there's yeah. Mike Gillespie, 21-1 at UC Irvine. Right. I mean, it's embarrassing. But everybody above USC has got a shot at a bid. Yeah, they're is all – I think they're all – Is it a two-bid league? Is it a four-bid league? Where do you think it ends up? Right now, to me, John, it, it looks like a two-bid league. Wow. I think Arizona State and Washington State are your two, assuming assuming the Cougars don't get swept at Washington, at is, home against Washington next week. Anything could happen. I mean, Oregon State is... Oh, or, Oregon or, State, I'm sorry. Oregon State is in, too, so it's a three-bid. I, I still think Oregon State will get in. I don't know that they necessarily deserve to get in. Their RPI is 41. I think Oregon State will get in. I think the winner of the Washington-Wazoo series should get in, although Washington... If, if they it, just go two and one in that series, then Washington's twenty-seven and twenty-seven. They wouldn't get in. No. Uh, although I guess they have a midweek game uh, coming up still, or they have one more game with Arizona, I should say, coming up today. Yeah. So boy, they got to win that game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Washington for margin the, for, for error is razor thin. Honestly, and they, they the, could win out and still not get in. For the good of the league, Washington State needs to to yeah. win yeah. that series. Yeah. I mean, that's not. I mean, I'm not saying that Washington that the, the Huskies need to uh, to lay down, but Washington State's got a 52 RPI. They're sixteen and eight in the league. If they were to win that series, let's just say they go two two and one in that series, win that series with eighteen league wins, they got to get in. Yep. at that point with Absolutely. an RPI Absolutely. in the top sixty, they got to get in. Y- UCLA. That's where we go. That's where we got to finish the the this uh, Pac-10 anyway. UCLA, 
I mean, it's ridiculous, but if they win out, if they win their last four games They're against in. Irvine and, and Arizona State, they should get in. They probably will get in. I think they should get in. They got four games left on the road at Irvine, our number one team, and at Arizona State, the league leader. Uh, to me, UCLA has to win out to get in. But if they're 30 and 26 and 17 and 10 in the Pac 10 and finish with four straight road wins, they're in. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be denied. So the Pac 10, honestly, Aaron, to me, could be anywhere from a two to a four bid league. I don't think they get five. Do they? No, I mean, no Stanford, chance. You don't, you don't think there's a chance? Stan- like Stanford? Stanford, Stanford's in the mix, too. I mean, certainly. They've they played well the last couple of weeks. They. They beat Southern Cal. They beat New Mexico. If they sweep the O State Ballers, do they push the O State Ballers out and get themselves in? I think they get themselves in. Um, o State would be thirteen and fourteen in the league, and like thirty-two and nineteen overall. That kind of thing. Yeah, Oregon State would be right on the bubble in that case. That's for very, sure. Very, very, very tough Pac-10. It's been a brutal year in that league. There's no other way to put it. Uh, just brutal. And then uh, last but not least, the Mountain West. This is probably a two-bid league. We're thinking again. I think it probably, probably is. I think it's probably a two-bid league. I think it's got a chance at three. Some of it, I think, depends on what happens in the Pac-10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, New Mexico and BYU. You know, look, both these teams have had chances. I mean, you know, they both had they both had good seasons. New Mexico, for me, they blew their chance going 0 and 2 at Arizona, 0 and 2 at Nebraska, yeah, 1 and right. 2 at Stanford. I mean, those are those are middle middle to to lower end teams from power conferences. Uh, and they just did not perform well against those teams. You're right, because we really we ranked them when they went to A&M and won those two games. Yeah. But then they played the two against Texas Tech, didn't win those. You know, they we split, split them. them. The two at Arizona, boy, they really had to win when Arizona's really at the bottom. And then, like you said, losing two at Nebraska. I mean, come on. Cal State Bakersfield went there and won. And, right. And they did not. And then, like you said, the weekend against Stanford. So I agree with you. If New Mexico and Stanford are both right there on that bubble, say Stanford wins two out of three, right? how could you choose them over Stanford? You uh, can't. And, and that's not name recognition for Stanford. That's what happened on the field. Right. And 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 I and I think I think San Diego State for me, despite going one and four in series against BYU, TCU, and New Mexico, I think they probably still get in, based on that's a case. Their geography really working. Geography for them. based on they 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 were five and one against San Diego and Kansas. Yeah. Um, those help. Those, those are helpful series wins. I mean, like you and said. And they've got the best player in the country. I mean, that, you know, hey. If push comes to shove, if I'm ESPN, I'm on that phone saying to the committee, put San Diego State in. Yeah. And maybe we'll even put their regional on TV. Right. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you? If anybody's going to watch college baseball on TV this year, they're going to watch Stephen Strasburg. Absolutely. So. Any other conference you want to go over real quick, Aaron, before we hit the podcast questions? Uh, I think that that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk about. I think we hit a lot of the high notes. Let's take the, some of the, our pod questions. The last one, John, yeah. here it is, Sunbelt. Okay. Uh, kudos to Middle Tennessee State this weekend. Uh, they, they, needed to, they needed to win that series against uh, Western Kentucky head-to-head, and, and they did. They took the first two games and lost the last one to Weather. So your Blue Raiders uh, get a share of the, the uh, Sunbelt title. I think that league, for me, is those two teams are safe. Um, Troy and, F- and Florida International are bubble teams. I think Florida International has better credentials. They won the head-to-head series against Troy. Um, I, I, it's a two-bid league for it's me. It's probably a two-bid league for me, too. And then the, and the SOCON, two bids, three bids, four I, bids? I, I, To me, it seems like a two-bid league. I think the Citadel and Western Carolina are, are in the mix. Charleston's got to win the conference tournament at this point. They, they, they were swept by the Citadel this weekend. Um, you know, I think I think Western Carolina has a decent RPI. 
but yeah. uh, I'm not terribly impressed by their resume. Sorry, Bobby, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, their best is they, they split two midweek with Georgia Tech, and they went to Southern Cal and won two out of three, and Southern Cal's demise right. hurts Western Carolina. And they were cause. swept at home by BYU, so again. And I'm like, Citadel took a hit this weekend, even though they won, they lost right out of four to Indiana State to start the year. That looks better if Indiana State wins the Missouri Valley, but right. they didn't. They got they swept by they Missouri got swept State. By, uh, they got swept this weekend, so that does not help. Uh, you know, the best thing that Citadel really has going for it is uh, this past weekend and then beating Elon. Right. Uh, so, But they lost head-to-head to Western Carolina, although that was at Western. So, I mean, it, it's hard to separate. For me, when you're at this level league like the SoCon and like the Sun Belt, when it's hard to separate who would be that third bid, right. they don't get it. I'm with if you. there's three clear ones, the committee does it. Uh, but when there's when there's some fudging right there, I think it's really, really hard to differentiate in those leagues, and I think that's why they probably won't get three bids. Obviously, there's a big puzzle. We'll see how conference tournaments go. Uh, real quick, let's get to some questions at the Baseball America uh, podcast at BaseballAmerica.com uh, email inbox. Joe Locates, of course, doesn't have a question, but he just wanted to talk about Brian Fuller throwing 21 scoreless innings in a NAIA play over the weekend. And I have two words for you, Joe Locates, submarine uh, reliever. I love sidearm submarine closers. I always talk – I've talked about it for years here at Baseball America, back in the days of Derek DePriest and Coulter Bean and Brandon Belanger and some other uh, of crazy of, submarine names from the past. And so. a more recent vintage. You remember John's column last year about Caleb Gloffenheim. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. And Clemson fans will remember Scott Clackham. I loved Scott Clackham. I remember name. seeing Scott Clackham and Justin Carter going mano a mano in a 16-inning regional game, South Alabama at Clemson in two, 1998, and Juan Pierre and South Alabama pulled out that win. And uh, Clemson, so Clemson like lost the game like at one in the morning, and they come back the next morning like at 10 or 11 in the morning and face arrested Seth Etherton and USC, and he struck out 15 and eliminated the Tigers, and that was that. That's how Clemson ended uh, hosting a regional in '98. So. But I always like saying Scott Clackham, a great uh, – Clemson's had some good sidearm relievers over the years. Uh, Josh Cram, I believe, was one of them. I believe Alan Funky Cold Farina was a low-arm slot guy. Tomas Perez Not, not a sidearmer, though. No, but it was a pretty low slot. And isn't Tomas Perez, like, barely above sidearm? Yeah. So low, they they like their low-slot guy slot guys, yeah. and I like my low-slot guys. I've always liked low-slot relievers, so I'm not – oh, I'm not surprised by what happened this weekend. And then Kelly Barnes asks, uh, does TCU now deserve to host a regional after sweeping UNLV – uh, it appears yes. that ATM is out of the host peak picture. So does TCU make? Does that make TCU the third team in Texas to host, Aaron? I believe it does. They are going to host. The other hosts in Texas, we think, are the Longhorns and the Owls. Correct. Yep. Correct. There's nobody else there for me now at this point. I mean, who who else is going to host in Texas? Nobody. Not Baylor. Not Baylor. Not A and M. No. Um, great podcast. Uh, d- great college baseball season. So much yet to happen. The the, the funnest part, but again. Uh, one of the worst parts about this is the regular season is over, and that means that the podcasts get a lot more uh, truncated. No more, th- no more Opus uh, podcasts. I don't think. Although who knows? We might get to Omaha. And don't sell us short, John. Long. That's right. I really I remember really our, our regional that. previews. Uh, podcasts are usually <laughs> about two hours in length. I completely forgot about the regional podcast previews. Yeah, those are ridiculous, but fun. So uh, for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And oh, I got to remind uh, everybody if I can find this email to with my ad copy. But we will. Speaking of the postseason, we will have the bracket challenge. Uh, it's coming back up this year at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, the 2009 college postseason is fast approaching, and our fourth annual Baseball America College Baseball Bracket Challenge, brought to you by Dean Marini, 
will be live on Baseball America coming up in the next week or so. Uh, if you want to learn a it's, little bit about it, you go to dmarini.com backslash baseball, and you also can go to baseballamerica.com uh, for more information on the Bracket Challenge. And uh, I believe it's live exciting. now, John. I believe you can sign up already. It is live at baseballamerica.com backslash today. Oh, you can just click the link. Click the link if you go to baseballamerica.com. You'll find, it, you'll find it advertised all over the website. It's a lot of fun, and we encourage you all to sign up. And uh, if you want to sign up, you can uh, check out my Facebook page. I'll be I'll, I'll put the link up there. How's that sound? So for Aaron Fit, I won't I won't be twittering about it, but it will be on my Facebook page. <laughs> so for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Until next week. So long, everybody.